not me it's this but praise god i will try my best to raise my voice so we can all hear each other it's good to see so many people in the service this morning maybe you are here for the first time brother kk is my name uh, don't ask why brother because that's what jesus says jesus says we must call each other brother and isn't it so I like that one. Good. I was going to show a lot of things this morning. Unfortunately, we are unable to. So you are just going to listen to me. But at the same time, I would appreciate if you took some notes and uh, go and read by yourselves when Zessa returns. We are... Continuing from where Vesey left, if you remember very well, last week he spoke about five things. He was using the picture of the hand and spoke about five things, which I still think you guys remember very well. Uh, one of them was worship, the first finger, and the second one was growth, if I am not mistaken, there was worship, there was growth, there was service, there was giving, and uh, what? Sorry? Mission. Mission. Good. Thank God you still remember. Uh, this morning, I just want to pick one and then try and uh, expand and build on it. I am just going to talk about growing together. Growth, our Christian growth, our individual growth our church cross, or whatever, whatever it means, so that we can fully understand a few things here. Right, I, will, I am going to read a number of scriptures, but I want us to just take note of what I will share this morning on growing together. I need us to understand one very important thing on an individual growth, your Christian growth, that your individual progress or your individual growth in maturity, or be it integrity, be it stability, is not just yours only. It is for the whole body of Christ. When individuals grow in their understanding of Christ, in their understanding of their Christianness, in their understanding of their faith, in their understanding of what they ought to do. Guess what? The whole body grows. The whole body becomes stronger. The whole body becomes unshakable. What makes the church, the whole body weak, is the lack of personal growth by those who make the body. I guess you understand what I'm talking about. You see, the body of Christ is made up of members. The stronger the members, the stronger the body. So your personal growth is your priority. 
Each and every one of us here has got to focus on growing themselves in the inner man. Growing themselves, building up their faith, building up their understanding, getting wiser and wiser each day, and becoming more and more like Jesus. Our strength as a body is in the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The more we become like Jesus, the stronger we are. And the more terrified the enemy is of us. Hallelujah. I think I can finish the service because that is enough for you <laughs> to go and process the whole week. So how growing are you? How deliberate are you in your own personal growth? I think we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that to be a Christian, fair and fine, is your personal choice. To accept Jesus, you make your choices, isn't it? But when you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, your Christian life, it's no longer a private life. It's a public life. You're no longer living it for yourself, privately in your home or wherever you are. You now live it in public. The moment you confess Jesus, you are confessing to be a public person a public figure. It's no longer you that lives, but Christ, and the world ought to see Christ in you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Maybe you can understand what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> in your own time, you can read from verse 13, but I'm interested in two verses. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. <clears throat> a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Why does the scripture include those two powerful statements in one verse? <laughs> you are the light of the world. So why do you want to be private light? When the Bible says you are the light of whom? The whole world. You see, the Bible doesn't say you are going to have light or give light here and there and all that kind of stuff. The Bible says you, you, you are the light. Don't even go and pray to God to say, God, give me light and the light. You are the light. If Zimbabwe is in darkness, guess what? There is light that is refusing to be light. And that light is you and me. And the Bible says a city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. And you are that city, the city of God. And you are built on a hill. That hill stands for rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And you cannot be hidden. It doesn't matter how much you hide yourself. Under the table, you are still the light. And God expects you to shine that light to the whole world. Are you guys listening to me? Your Christian life is not a private life. It's a public life. Therefore, how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself wherever you are is important, not for you, but for the kingdom of our God. 
Maturity therefore suggests that I no longer treat myself as my own, but as for all of us here. When I do anything wrong, guess who is affected and who is in pain? The body of Christ. So growing in Christ it's about growing out of selfishness. Me, my life, my thing, my what, my what, my what. Leave me alone. Have you never heard people, Christians for that matter, who will say, no, don't judge me. This is my life and the like. That is immaturity of the highest order. <laughs> as long as you are a child of God, it's no longer about you, your whatever, whatever. It's about the name of the living God. It's about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you care. Verse number 16, let's read it. In that scripture. It says, because you are the light, and because you are not hidden, you are a city on a hill, let your light so shine before men. Before whom? Not before you. Before men. M-E-N which stands for humankind or the world. Let your light so shine before men so they can see your good works and glorify the Father, your Father who is in heaven. Who do you belong to? Answer me. Who do you belong to? Hello, who do you belong to? Yes, your Father in heaven. Who are you doing what you are doing for? Simple. You are not living for yourself. You are living for Jesus. You are living so much that the world will glorify God through your living. So you cannot live your living or live your life in hidden places. But you live it in public. So that they can say, wow, there is Jesus. There is God. There is this and that. Are you guys with me this morning? It's, let's, let's move together. So we need, therefore, to prioritize our growth. We need to prioritize growing up as Christians. Growing up as Christians is an inner issue. It's an inner thing. The growth is inside. It's about the inner man. When the inner man grows, we begin to see the growth in the outside. We begin to see the growth in the everyday living, in how we speak, in how we care ourselves, in how we relate, in how we fellowship, in how we do a lot of things. Are you with me this morning? So I want us to go through a number of these things this morning so that we can understand very, very well. You see, the Bible is awash with a lot of these things, a lot of appeals for growth to maturity so that we need to be consistent in that growth. Number one, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. We will go through Bible lessons together because nothing is sharing on the screen. It takes a bit of time, I know, to, to get to your scriptures. Don't worry, my Bible is full of a lot of pieces of paper. Ephesians chapter 4 is a very powerful uh, chapter in the Bible. 
I am looking at number 14, verse number 14, which says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What am I saying here? Ladies and gentlemen, we need to grow as Christians. Yeah? We need to grow so much that we no longer are children who are just tossed to end for. Hello, have you never seen Christians who have no shape? Who don't know themselves? Who don't know the difference between church and cult? Church and sect? Who don't know the difference between right and false? Who will just follow anything that says hallelujah? That says amen. Who will follow anything that carries the Bible and say God is good? You know that demons can also say God is good. Everything like that. But the Bible says we need to do something ourselves here. To grow so that we don't remain children. Children can follow anything. Children can eat anything. Children can do anything without even questioning and asking. As Christians, we need, when we come to Christ, we are babes, we are children. Congratulations. We are then set before a journey to grow, to mature, so we can be adults who can separate between a lie and the truth, who can tell that this is not of God, this is God, who can separate the Spirit of God from the spirit of the world. Who can surely say this is not scriptural? Who can surely say this man is not a man of God? He is fake. Who can actually say this is not right and this is right? That is growth, which needs to happen in you and me. And this growth, ladies and gentlemen, does not happen only by attending church services. It happens when we are consistent in our reading of the word, when we are consistent in our prayer, when we are consistent in allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. Because no one matures us but the Spirit of the Lord in us. Because the Holy Spirit in us reveals Christ. When he reveals Jesus to us, guess what? He is revealing the truth. Nothing else but the truth. He is able to say to you, don't turn left, turn right. Don't do this, do this. Go ahead or don't go. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. When you allow him to minister to you, you grow in your hearing his voice. Because he speaks. And he speaks every minute. And the Bible says, let those with ears hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Spirit does not speak to the world because the world does not know the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? The Holy Spirit speaks only to the church. That's why many of these guys who are all over everywhere, in most cases when they talk, they just talk of Mweya. They just talk of the Spirit. Umoya, they don't put the adjective. Because there is the Holy Spirit, then there is the Spirit, the Spirit of the world. <laughs> you hear the Holy Spirit, and you don't hear him from outside. He is inside of you. 
and he speaks. Are you with me this morning? So we need to grow so that we are no longer children. We cannot be in the church for 20 years and we are still offended by the switching off of Zesa. <laughs> there is no growth there. Hello, are you with me? Yeah? And we are still offended by minor things. And you leave church. That doesn't show growth. Hello! And you are still pushed to pray. You still pushed to memorize a verse. That doesn't show growth. 20 years you should be excelling now in these things. Because it has become your daily bread, your daily living. Let me move on. My point number two. The second growth. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Where is 1 Corinthians? Chapter 14. I need verse number. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I need verse number 11, which says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Ladies and gentlemen, growing, growth in the spirit or in the spiritual realm is to put away childish things and become a mature man and woman of God. Become a mature and sound son and child of God. A mature disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who knows himself, his identity, where they are headed to, and what is happening around them. Who are able to descend the calendar of the living God. Children don't do that. Children think the way they think, innocently. Sometimes roughly. Yeah? But for you and me, we need to keep growing. Eh? Talk to your neighbor and say, keep growing. Eh? Keep growing. Don't stop growing. God loves it when we become mature in the house of the Lord. When we become mature as Christians, we will not join the gravy train to Scotland. When we are mature Christians. Yeah, I didn't hear that. That's good. <laughs> Point number three. <laughs> Point number three. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 14. Let's read First Corinthians chapter 14. And that's verse number 20. What does it say? It's so dark here. You will be surprised. I don't even see. <laughs> Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes. But in understanding, be mature. See, the Bible is calling for maturity. Be mature in understanding. Understanding the gospel. Understanding the purposes of Christ. Understanding the mission of the gospel. Understanding what is happening in the world. Understanding the things that are of God. And the Bible says, when it comes to sin, be babes. Yeah? When it comes to sin, be babies. Hide. 
run away. Are you listening to me? Yes. When it comes to sin, be so innocent. But when it comes to understanding, be mature. Because if you are not mature in understanding, anything can mislead you. These days we live in a, in a context where deception is so easy. Yeah? Where deception is everywhere. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that the devil is a schemer. He's a very excellent planner. Yeah? And his guys have changed the voice and the messaging. They speak like me. They've rebranded themselves. They speak the language of the Bible. And if you are impressed by words, you go. Because what must impress you is not the words, but the spirit in the words and the spirit behind the words. So if you can't discern the spirit, you go. You get what I'm talking about? So it will have you to invest everything you have to mature in understanding. And to understand this thing. Hello, is that scary? No, that's the life of a believer. The life of a believer is a life of maturity. It's a life of understanding. The Bible says get wisdom, but in all you're getting, get understanding. Because understanding is important. Where we are and where we are headed to. You with me this morning? So let's, let's invest in maturity. Let's invest in our inner man growth. Let us grow as believers. Let's grow together. The idea is that we help one another to grow. The challenge is that Christians are still private individuals. And as a result, we do not know where you struggle. We do not know your area of struggle because you are keeping it to yourself. And as a result, no one can help you grow in that area because you keep it private. Do you get what I'm talking about? The idea of church is so that we are open one to another. So we can help one another. So we can carry one another's burdens. So we can minister one to another. Where we can guide one another. Where we can really walk together step by step until we have all come to the unity of the body of Christ. Because that is what is more important. We find that in Ephesians 4 verse 13. Maybe let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. The unity that I'm talking about now. Ephesians 4. It says, till we all come to the unity. Maybe let's read verse 11. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Till we all come to this unity. 
the reason why we need to be open one to another, minister one to another, carry one another's burden, help one another, and all that kind of stuff, so that we can come to this unity, ladies and gentlemen. This unity in the body, and this unity in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can fully know Jesus by walking together as believers. Yeah? And helping each other. Because Jesus is known by ministering him out to others, by giving him out to others. When you close yourself up by yourself there, I can assure you you are opening yourself up for deception. Because even when you believe wrongly, no one will show you that mm -mm, this is not scriptural. It's there in the Bible, but it is twisted for you. You just take up anything and think you are right, and you lose it. Ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is not a solo run. Christianity is the body waking and walking and moving together, mm. carrying each other's faith, and ministering to each other. Mm. I hear me this morning. So let's grow together. Let's stay together. Let's be united together for a purpose. And our purpose for this unity is to glorify Jesus. Not ourselves and not anyone else. And we need to understand that the more united we are, the more powerful we are. And there where there is unity, he commands life forevermore. We cannot be shaken if we are united. This week there was the, this argument among pastors in the country of uh, a lot of things, and one of the things was the, the Kukraundi things, which is a very hot thought. One of the things that was raised there was that there are many Christians in the name of the church doing so many things about this issue, yeah, individually, for their own edification, for their own glory, or for the good of their organizations, and whatever, and whatever. And then the perpetrator takes advantage of that. He picks that one, and picks that one, and picks that one, and misleads them, and affronts them, as representing the body of as long as the body does not unite and become one, the enemy enjoys plucking you off there and dressing you up the way he wants, eh? and fronts you. And you begin to speak. Yeah? And gullible believers who don't discern and who don't understand follow. And before you know it, you are at each other's throats here, and the enemies sitting somewhere in a new restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and enjoying. Enjoying our foolishness as believers. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a need that we mature. This world is too tough for immature believers. This world requires a mature church. A very focused church. A God-fearing church. A church that is led by the Spirit of God, not our emotions, not our histories, mm 
not our education or anything else, but the Spirit of the Lord. How much are you led by the Holy Spirit? Do you really hear Him? Do you really allow Him to show you things? Because when you call Him, He will show you great and mighty things. This morning, I just want to be a growth uh, ambassador. Take your time. Get into the world. Pray. Walk with others. I repeat, walk with others. You know, there is that baboon that walks by itself. <laughs> when the baboon is walking by itself, it has been chased away from the troop. Because it is now useless, notice and nothing. It becomes a burden to other baboons. They have to catch for him, feed him, and he eats too much. <laughs> yeah? So they kick him out. He walks by himself, and he doesn't go to the bush. He comes to where people are. Because it's easy stealing from humans. They are vulnerable. You cannot be that kind of a Christian. You become vulnerable. The Bible says, be sober and be vigilant enough. Your advisor is the devil. Moves around like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour. Don't be the wound that would allow infection to come into the body of Christ. Close it. Let it be somebody else and not you. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Yes. We need the unity in the body of Christ. We need the unity at King City Church so that we can grow and take our position, take our space, and do the things that we ought to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That's good teaching, KK. Mm. Thanks, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Let's go to Second Peter chapter number 3. Second Peter chapter number three. Let's discover something else there. Two Peter three verse number eighteen. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Grow in the grace. Grow in the grace of the Lord. Grow in understanding God's grace. Ladies and gentlemen, grace is not a token or a license for you to continue in sin. You cannot continue enjoying the pleasure of sin and say, His grace is sufficient unto me. That is denying Christ. I know there are many people who teach a lot of things on grace and the love that you can live like anything, live the way you want as long as it is the grace period. That is a lie. That's twisted scripture. When you live by grace, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says in Romans 6, you have died unto sin. And now you are living in Christ. You can no longer enjoy the fruit of sin. You are poor sin. You hate sin. That's what grace does in you. When you grow in grace, you will hate sin. You will not lack sin. You will not lack even the smell of it. 
and you will not associate with it. That's growth in grace. Grace is a power, is an enablement of the Spirit of God and they have the finished work on the cross of Calvary that separates us from the world. In terms of our conduct, in terms of our attitude, in terms of our thoughts, in terms of our actions, in terms of our walk, in terms of our lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So grow in grace. That's what Peter is talking about. Not only that, grace is linked with Christ because after all, grace is Christ. Grow in the knowledge of Christ. Paul would say that I may know him, Jesus Christ. Yeah? And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being conformed unto his death. The desire of every believer here is to know Jesus. That is growth. When you know Jesus, you know everything. Because in him are hidden the treasures of all wisdom, all understanding, everything else. Everything you want to know is in Christ Jesus. So when you know him, you know everything. Don't pursue leaky things of knowledge. Leaky pockets of knowledge here and there. Pursue the real stuff. And that is Christ Jesus. When you know it, it's be, knowing Jesus is beyond saying, I receive you, come into my life. Congratulations, that's the starting point. You are on the right track. Go deeper. Knowing Jesus. You can only know him by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and reading the word of God and staying in prayer and working among the stars doing what he said you must do. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go out there to feed the hungry, I can assure you, you will meet with Christ in the poverty of his people. When you go out there to pray for the sick and lay hands to the sick, I can assure you, you will meet with Jesus. Yeah? In the pain of humanity, you can see his grace. You can see his power. You can hear his voice. And that, when it happens, it does something inside of you. You begin to understand things differently. And you will run to search the scriptures. You will run to your knees and pray. So, invest. Invest in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? I need to end somewhere. <laughs> Let me end in First Peter chapter 4 verse number 11 1 Peter 4 verse number 11 if anyone speaks let him speak as the oracles of God if anyone ministers let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What am I saying with my last point? Become exemplary in speech and conduct. That's cross. How is your speech? Is there any difference between how you speak and that demonic neighbor? Ah, are your words seasoned with love and salt? 
the words that proceed from your mouth, can they heal somebody? Or the words that come out of your mouth are as destructive as Satan himself. How is your speech like? As a believer, we cannot follow Jesus and still talk like the world. It cannot be, ladies and gentlemen. When we follow Jesus, things change. The first change you are looking for in the world is you, it's me. Conforming to the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who would keep quiet even when they criticize him wrongly and like, and simply say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they are doing. It doesn't beat no one. How are you carrying yourself out there? Are you exemplary enough? With your relatives, can they surely, surely confess you really look born again? <laughs> you really sound born again. Your behavior and attitude has changed. Can they confess that? They come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus by watching our actions. Not that I'm going to church, you are disturbing me. No, no, no. That's not good witness for Jesus. But how you treat them. On a daily basis, how you minister, how you speak to them. On a daily basis, they can see the difference and they can say that person has it. Surely change thee. Amen. Then they can sit and listen when you say what you see in me is Christ Jesus of Nazareth, who is coming back again soon. Then you can win them for the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, your number one church is your relatives. That I can assure you. Many, many years ago, my wife would testify. We were so, 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 up. What, what is the word? Obsessed with what was called ministry. And neglected everyone. Her relatives and the like, until they had to make noise. Yeah? They were not listening to whatever we said. Until God had to panel beat. Pa, pa, pa. <laughs> yeah? And until we had to climb down. And we realized, wow, wow, how stupid we were. It was not easy re-engaging. Yeah? But we re-engaged. And caught them back. Now they can eat. Yeah? They can eat here now. If we just blow for Christ, amen. <laughs> <laughs> because when you are there for them, they listen to you. When you are there for them, you can minister to their brokenness. When you are there for them, they can open their heart to you. Don't just chase them away and say, ah, my relatives are not believers. They are hard. Calm down, mature, be humble, go for them with love. Go and love them. I repeat, go and love them. Excuse me, stop witnessing on the streets first. Go and witness to your people. Win your relatives, then go to the streets. Secure home first. That's poor strategy to go and secure out there and leave home vulnerable. Secure home first. Go for them. 
If this church will be full of our relatives, we will be happy. Because we are doing God's way. You can't enjoy going to heaven while your relatives are going to hell. I don't think it's fair. You heard me. I don't think it's fair. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I think I need to end here. I have a lot of things to, to, to say. But I think I need to, <laughs> need to end here so that you can go and process what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, let's grow. Let's determine growth. Let's desire growth. Let's mature as believers. Let's not be cheating for a long time. I mean, even in the natural, if your child still is not walking and is now six years old and they lack, my goodness, God, you are a devastated parent. Don't you think so? Yeah? How? At what age do they walk? One year? Somewhere there. If they haven't cried, maybe you are carrying them too much. Yeah? You are shushing them too much. Put them down. Let them roll here. <laughs> That's how they learn walking. Don't be too comfortable and forget to grow. Go and grow. God bless you. And God help you. Even as we mature as Christians. And guess what? One of the things that we do to show our growth is to partake of communion. Jesus says, do this always in remembrance of me. He died for us, not just to become babies, I mean to become babies, but to mature and become soldiers of the cross. Men and women who can engage and fight by faith, so that at the end of the day we can look back like Paul and say, I have fought a good fight of faith. So this morning we want to partake of communion here when we search our hearts, search our souls and allow the Spirit of God to search us, ladies and gentlemen, and when that happens, we rededicate ourselves. You can dedicate yourself a thousand times to Jesus. It is allowable. That's the purpose of the communion. Examine your own heart. And allow the Spirit of God to cleanse you, to teach you, to purify you. And then you can walk and run and win. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for such a times as this. That we can gather like this, Lord, even for a short time, Father, to encourage and inspire one another in the Word of God. The Word that is sharper than any double-edged sword. The Word that sees our hearts and sees our minds. Nothing in us is hidden from your Word. And this morning, let your Word speak to us. Let your Word examine us. Let your Word purify us. Let your Word cleanse us. Let your Word remove the fears, the anxieties, the selfishness, and all those things. And this morning, let your Word work the finished work on the cross of Calvary. We yield our hearts, we yield our minds, our souls, and our spirits and our bodies to you. We thank you in the name above every name, Jesus Christ. That even as we partake of the communion, Father, it is a hard thing. We are reconnected with you and connected with you deeper and deeper. We belong to you. We are your children. In this generation, at a time such as this, use us for your sake. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. <laughs>